0: Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you just pray there at your seat? Lord Jesus, God, we're thankful for your presence that we feel here today. Jesus, we don't deserve your love or your kindness, but we're thankful for it. Jesus, we're thankful for the ways that you're working in every life, in every home, in every family. Jesus, we thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah to your name, O God. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to invite you to turn to the book of John, chapter 14. I've got a couple of passages I want to read here today. A couple of weeks ago, I guess it was, we talked a little bit out of um, uh, Revelations and in chapter 1. There, uh, John writes about what he saw. And uh, as I was telling Elder Hart, I've, I, whenever I read that, I just can't help but see the vision. He's, he's so descriptive in, in, in what it is that he sees. But really, if you look beyond the vision of, of all the descriptive, you see that he is seeing. The Lord Jesus Christ, that's who he is, and we know that that's who he is by the things that he tells John, this is who I am. I am the Alpha, the Omega, all that he says there. Um, One passage, and we'll get there, it calls him the express image of God. The, the word that that, I came, that came to my mind and thinking about that is the expression of God. He is the expression. And we, we get to, thankfully, we get to feel expressions of God as we walk with Him. Sometimes without even knowing it. You, you may be going about your day. And then all of a sudden, maybe you feel a tug on your heart. Or you maybe you feel a word spoken into your spirit. All of those things are expressions of him. It's who he is. In this passage, I want to read, because Jesus is having a, I guess you could call it a heart-to-heart with his disciples here. Um, in many instances, he refers to himself as The son, the son of man, and he's always talking about his father. And um, we're going to dive into that a little bit today and see how and why and who he's talking about when he when he uses those those phrases. So uh, John 14 and verse six, Jesus says. I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the father But by me. He knew. Jesus knew that his purpose was to get men to the father. He knew that. No man cometh to the father. But by me and I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. Verse 7. If you had known me. You should have known my father also. And from henceforth you know him. And have seen him. How have they seen the father? Just before this, Philip said, show us the father. Right after this, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the father. Because Jesus says, if you knew me, you knew the father. And if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And Philip didn't catch that. I think many of us oftentimes don't catch that. If we're honest, we can say, okay, that was a man, and he was alive, and he was walking on the earth, and he spoke to his disciples. But then at night, he went home, and he went to sleep, like we do. And then he got up the next morning and met again. And so, so we relate to the humanity side of him. But what he's saying is, I am the expression of the Father, Verse 8, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Verse 9, Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me? Philip, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. So how do you say, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Jesus is trying to get men to the Father in every way possible. I'm, I'm, I'm showing you who I am, and I'm telling you the only way that I do anything is when the Father tells me to do it, how he tells me to do it. I, that's, that's his expression to you, it's through me. Verse 12 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Lorraine and I were just talking about this yesterday. We don't use King James English very much in our conversations. But so what he's saying here, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, really means so that you can see the Father in the Son. When you look at the Son, you see the Father. Look at Hebrews chapter 1. See, in order to get men to the Father, we really have to know the Father ourselves first. Otherwise, it's kind of like the blind leading the blind. But if that was his goal, I want that to be my goal. Lead people to him. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, it says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. You catch that? He He used to speak to the fathers through the prophets, but that's not how he chose to speak to us. He spoke to us through the Son. Whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world's. Let me pause for just a minute and and say, if you think that the sun began on Christmas day at the time that he was born of a virgin and laid in a, that's not he can't be born then and also have been used to make the worlds okay by whom also he made the worlds who being? The brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now stay with me because we're talking about the expression of the father through the son. Verse four, being made so much better than the angels. As he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So so we're jumping outside of our, our earthly natural realm here. And we're talking about a hierarchy of spirit beings. The angels. But then he being made better Than the angels. Higher than the angels. Being made. So much better than the angels. Verse 5. For unto which of the angels. Said he at any time. Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. That's the father talking. Remember it says. Which day did he say. He being the father. At any time did the Father say to the angels, Thou art my Son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Verse 6 And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. So now he's interjecting our time, the world. It says again, when he brought the first begotten into the world, he said it again. And he said to the angels, let all the angels worship him. Verse 7, and of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his minister's A flame of fire. But unto the son he saith. Thy throne. O God. Hang on. Pause. Time out. The father is talking. Through the writer of Hebrews. The father is. Talking. And he's saying. Here's how my son. Got to be who my son is. And we, we read all that. We get a description. And before the worlds he was higher than the angels. And in the world, the angels have to worship him. They're like his ministering spirits. And now he says, again, this is the father speaking. Verse 8. But unto the son he saith, thy throne. Everybody say it. What are those words? Thy throne, O God. Is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. One more time with emphasis. The Father said to the Son, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. Do I need to say it again? That's the father speaking to the son. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God. Again, he's calling the son God. Even thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou art and thou Lord. In the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of thine hands they shall perish but thou remainest and they shall and they all shall wax old as doth a garment and as vesture shalt thou fold them up and they shall be changed but thou art the same and thy years shall not fail But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? The Lord... Jesus Christ I, I didn't I didn't catch this when I was younger, uh, growing up in a Pentecostal church, um, I knew that you had to be baptized in jesus name i just I was told that from a child, and then i my sunday school show, Sunday school teacher showed me in the scripture this is where it says that, and this is why we do that and then one day it hit me as I heard a preacher preaching about baptizing. In the name of Jesus. But he didn't say we baptize in the name of Jesus. He said we baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The name of. Okay. The name of is a prepositional phrase. Whose name we're talking about. The Lord Jesus Christ. I, I guess if I was talking to my kids, I would say that's like his full name. Lord Jesus Christ. Not just Jesus. Okay? And I'm not here to condemn anybody that's ever thought twice about whether they got baptized in just Jesus' name or the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, We're not going down that road today. But this is the expression of who he is. The Lord. If you look back through the Old Testament, oftentimes when you see the Lord, it's in written in... All capital letters. And it's talking about Jehovah. Or Yahweh. And that's the name that it gives him. In the Old Testament. That's why we call him Lord. One scripture says call no man Lord. Because there's only one. Jesus is how he was known when, if we, go, if, if we can continue to use the Christmas analogy for just a minute. The day that he was born. I remember, we only had, we have five kids. Only one of them was born in Yakima. Can you believe that? And we lived in Yakima more than we've lived anywhere else. Do the math. I don't know how that works. But Noel, she was born uh, January 5th. That was her birthday. We woke up January 5th that morning not knowing what we were going to name our baby. I had one name that was on the veto list, and it was what Lauren wanted to name her, Winter. And if our last name wasn't Flowers, I might have considered it for more than a second. (laughs) But I told her, no, sorry, we're not naming our baby Winter Flowers. Flowers. And we, she, you know she was born right in right after the holidays and and all that and so we settled on Noel. But we had we literally we walked into the hospital that morning still undecided. We're going to have this baby. We we better think of a name. You know, sometime in the next few hours. Because when the when the child is born, it has to be given a name. In the scripture. It is very clear, Old Testament and New Testament. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save people from their sins. That's what his name means. Jehovah has become my Savior, Jesus. So Lord Jehovah, Jesus, the Lord has become my Savior. My savior, my salvation. That's what's in his name. And Christ, to complete this, is the expression of him on the earth. The the manifesting. The Messiah. Because even before he was born, people knew one day there was going to be a Messiah born. We're watching for him. We're waiting for him. It's been promised. They knew that in the Old Testament. There will be a Savior born. There will be a Messiah born. He will be the King. He will be the expression of the King. When he's born, you will know this. So, so they, call, they had the term Christ before he was born. Tagging it onto the... The latter part of his name, Lord Jesus Christ, is the confession of who he is. The belief, it's it's the statement of the fact, Lord Jesus, Jehovah, Jesus has become my salvation, is the Messiah, is the Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 61. This passage, I know you've heard it. I've spoken from this passage not too long ago in Luke when the Lord Jesus Christ, the man, is reading from this passage in the scroll. But in Isaiah, this is where... It's written, he, Isaiah is the prophet. Remember Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1, it says, God at sundry times spoke to our fathers in the past through the prophets. Well, here's an example of that. A prophet, Isaiah, speaking. And so he's declaring, here's what God has said. The spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings, Unto the meek. Now, the Lord, I told you sometimes when you see the word Lord capitalized in the Old Testament, like it is there, it's talking about Yahweh, Jehovah. Who has anointed who to do what? If I had brought that, that could be a great essay question for us to write about just that one verse, and you could probably fill up a couple of pages. Who... Has anointed whom, if I'm using proper English, to do what? The Lord, Jehovah, has anointed me. And we know that this this is a prophecy that is fulfilled later during the time that Jesus was on the earth. Because he stood up and read this, thus fulfilling this prophecy. So the Lord, Jehovah, has anointed Jesus to do what? To preach good tidings unto the meek. He had sent me same same deal. He the Lord Jehovah had sent me the Lord Jesus Christ. to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and opening, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, To give them beauty for ashes. This is all, this is what the, when the man Jesus Christ stood up and read this scroll, he's saying, This is why I am here. This is why I was born to do all of these things. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. That he might be glorified. I'm going to see that last part again. That he might be glorified. That there might be an expression of him through me. He understood this. Jesus did. Well enough, in fact, that one day when his disciples said, Show us the Father. That he could say, if you've seen me, either I'm not doing my job because when you're seeing me, you're not seeing the expression. Or if you have known me and seen me, you've known and seen the Father. Now I see that today. As a responsibility. I'm I'm thankful that the Lord has done that. I'm thankful that it's truth and that we get to read it in his word. But what I see here for me. Is a responsibility. I don't just I don't get this far in my walk with the Lord. And just get to always point back to him. We are chosen. To be used by him in His service, in His kingdom. So when I have this understanding if, that He knew, He was used to do all of those things. That was His purpose. And at the end, He says that the Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, the Father, the Lord, Jesus, Jesus has become my salvation. All of that might be glorified. That there might be a visible tangible representation of him through me. And we wonder, how are we going to reach the world? How how, there's so many people out there that don't know God. How many of them know you? Because if they know you just it's the same thing that Jesus said to his disciples, "If you've known me, thou knowest the Father so what the, what we see with our with our natural mind is a, a, a blockage there, a, a mental block between a man unable to Express the fact that he knows the father and has seen the father. But we see the man, the go-between, saying, I am the representation. If you have seen him, if you have seen me, if you have known me, you know him. he, He was, I said it from the beginning, his purpose is to get men to the father. If that's his purpose, should it not be my purpose? To get men to the Father. I can apply that in every single facet of my life. If I'm here fellowshipping with the brotherhood, the body of Christ, then then when you see me, you should be seeing an expression, a further expression of the body of Christ because we all make that up together. But when you take me outside of this setting and you place me in the middle of a world, I would say a dark world, that world is supposed to see the Father. It's my purpose. If I choose, if I choose to allow this to be my purpose, then I know when I'm placed in darkness... I don't. I, I shouldn't just let the the darkness absorb and consume me. Oh, I'm here in the darkness. This this is no fun. I I, I had to. I, I I just have to be here. No, that's not my mindset. I am a light. Collectively here, with it's kind of like we all we bring our torches with us here. We know that the Spirit of God is here. And He says in the, in the scripture, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So if His Spirit's here, we're here, we brought our torches, we're all letting them burn up a little bit brighter, recharge. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't see a collection of torches out there by the door that we just leave here and pick up and set back down. We take them with us. It's who we are, it's His Spirit. So when you so wherever I go from here that spirit that light should be shining it's a, it's that the father might be glorified an expression of him So do you see why I said I see this as a responsibility because I don't know, I don't see anywhere in here where Jesus got to take the day off and say, Not, uh, no, today is a rest day, relaxation day. He did rest, but he didn't relax. Without, without going down that full road, out let me just say, to relax means to return to a former state. So he didn't say, no, I was Jesus, I was born, I was put here for this purpose, and it's great, but I need a day, I need some R&R, and so disciples, you take it, Monday sounds like a good day for you guys to go to work, and I'm just going to go to the lake, find some shade, and relax. Can you imagine if that was our God, <laughs> and we had to know, oh, no, this is his day off, we're going to do this. <laughs> I can just imagine the books that would have to be written to cover the day, the time that the disciples had to fill in for Jesus, and who got to do what, and who got offended, and who had the bad attitude. But no, he doesn't take the day off. If he does not, should we? Do we feel entitled? That's a question I would ask myself. Do I feel like I've no... I've punched the clock enough this week. I don't know how many hours in the week I have to live for God. I mean, come on! I, I woke up early and I gave him half an hour, and then all throughout the day I kind of let him take a little bit of my mind here and there, and then I went to church that evening or I fellowshiped with people. I mean, how much time? Do what? What, what day do I get to have? That's my day, my time. In that, uh, trust me, in that moment, somebody who needs to see the Father will come along your way. It's my responsibility. Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus? God, I thank you for being the expression of the true Father, the expression of love for the Father. I thank you, Lord, for showing that to me, for being who you are. We acknowledge you as the one true God. We acknowledge you as the King and the the Lord. You are Jehovah from the beginning. Jesus, all that you do is perfect. I'm thankful, God, that I get to fellowship and be one with you. Jesus, I pray. Lord, this day, let your word be settled in my heart. Let your word be settled in my mind, God, that I could show forth your glory, Jesus, that my life would be a reflection of your glory, the manifesting of your glory and your presence, Jesus. Lord, you know the individuals that are looking to us. You know the individuals, the family members, the friends, the co-workers, God, that are looking to us desiring whether they even know it or not, desiring to see you, the Father. I pray let us be the glory of the Father. Jesus, let our lives show that. Let it reflect that. Let it reflect that, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I, I almost get this sense when, when Philip asked that question, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. It, it, if you look at Jesus's response, it's almost one of, uh, 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 of sadness when he says, have I been with you this long, Philip, have I been with you this long? And thou knowest me not. You don't know me. I don't want that to be said of me. I mean, I'm not worried that he's going to go around and tell other people, oh, Caleb doesn't really have a relationship with me. No, I I care about me and him. And I want to know him. And I don't want him to say of me, If if you look the scriptures that talk about the the rapture and the calling away and the day of judgment, what he says to those people who didn't make it. I never knew you. We didn't have the relationship required, required, That should be the way. When he says, I am the way. And, and we want to we know so much of what's required. What do I have to do? What can I do? What can't I do? Where is the line? And what's requ- you just tell me what's required. That's what's required. The relationship with him that gets you into eternal life. Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. Now, on the flip side, he says to the others, you, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. You, you did, n- not out of just some obligation, but you did, knowing what was right, you did that. And in doing so, in meeting those needs and servicing in that way, you knew me. You were with me. You were one with me. In doing so to one of these, you did so unto me. I want that relationship with him. Elder Hart, I'm going to turn this over to you now. Let's pray again. Lord Jesus, speak to us. God.
1: Jesus in your name. I on, to talk to him right where you are this morning. Father, we want your spirit and your word to be manifest through our lives. We desire you to be manifest through our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. We cannot produce it in our efforts and our ability, but it's your grace working in and through us, your spirit and your word abiding in us and operating through us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Praise God. Praise God. We, would, um, we are human. Aren't you glad you're in a room full of humans? You know, sometimes you meet people and you think man, I don't know if they're even human, or maybe they forgot they were uh we're humans and and we can put on ties, right? We can put on a fancy tie so it makes me look fancy i don't know if it makes me look fancy, it probably makes me look crazy because this does absolutely nothing for me except hang around my neck and so so there you have it, so you know we can put on ties and we can put on suit jackets too, or what have you uh." And sometimes those things work to hide our humanity, right? Because they let us project a certain image. Does that makes sense? And so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with dressing up and looking nice. You understand? But sometimes we do things that would project a certain image when the reality is we know In large part, who we are. And sometimes that actually works against the will of God in our lives because the Lord wants to take who we are and transform us into who He has designed and destined us to be, which is a vessel that He can and will work through if we'll yield to Him. Now, that's the key I have to yield. Because he doesn't force himself on us. He's not that type of God. He doesn't force things against our will. That's the God of this world that does that. Our God says, I'm knocking and if you'll open the door, I'll come in. And so he's waiting on an invitation from you and I. And so then he'll come and... We know who we are, but when he comes and abides, his desire is to manifest himself as Flowers has shared, is to manifest himself through us. God wants to manifest himself to others through you. Everybody take one of your hands and put it right there on your chest. Say, through me. I'll say it again, through me. I have a question. How many of you believe that God can do absolutely anything? Would you raise your hand if you believe that? How many of you believe he can heal the sick? Raise your hand. If you, now, if you disagree, you can put it down. But how many believe he can open blinded eyes? Raise the dead. Deliver from cancer. Heal and deliver from addiction. Now, look around the room. Everybody's hands up. Now, here's the real question. You can put it down now. How many of you believe he can do all of that through you? See, now you're like, some of you are just sort of like, well, I, people are putting their hands up. I get You see that hesitation that the Lord's got to take us past that. Why? Because we have to understand and realize it's not me that does the work. It's him in and through you and I. That does the work. He just needs vessels. Vessels. In one place Jesus Christ made this statement. Let your light so shine before men. That they may see your good works. And glorify my Father which is in heaven. You say men are supposed to see good works? Absolutely. Through me and you? Absolutely. Am I doing stuff to be seen of men? God forbid. I'm doing what His Spirit leads me to do. I'm not acting out of human compassion. I'm not acting out of human desire. I'm seeking to do what Christ example to us. I want to be filled with His Spirit. I want to hear His voice. And I want to be obedient to what He says to do. And if I'll do that, then I'll do the works of Him that sent me. That's His desire for you and I. Every one of you in this room, I don't care where you are in relationship to God right now. This is His desire for you and I. That we would come into a relationship with Him in such a way that His Spirit and Word could abide in each one of us and it could flow through us everywhere we go. Now, we want to spiritualize it all the time. And it is a spiritual work. But we're like, ooh, I feel something. Maybe I'm supposed to say something right here. Ooh, I I think, ooh. uh." And what we do when we do all that, I almost said junk. I don't want to, we should seek to be sensitive to the Lord. But when we get all caught up in all that, we overanalyze simply responding to the leading of the Lord. If we're filled with the spirit and we know who he is, as we've been taught this morning, then we will be led by his spirit. I was sharing with Martin this morning, I was with him and another young man for a few minutes. McDonald's, we were in a really spiritual place. And. uh, I was I, I share this as an example, please don't. Because I have a microphone, I'll share myself as an example sometime. But it's not to, you understand, we're not trying to pat ourselves on the back. We want This is what God is wanting us to do. And I miss it more than I get it right. But I was, the other day, I was on my way to work. And uh, it must be a McDonald's thing. So I was, I was through through McDonald's to grab a drink. And uh, I really like their sweet tea, half and half, by the way. And so I got me one of those to have at my desk at work. And And I went through, and as I was pulling out, on 40th Avenue near Fred Meyer, you know about what this is. I was pulling out there and there was a, there was a man laying on the sidewalk and he was laying there watching cars come out and he was like counting. It was like, he was laying out like this. And, uh, I've seen this guy for about f- probably five to eight weeks or so. Um, he's new in town. Um, I knew he was new in town when I saw him. I, the first time I saw him, I was sort of feeling things out just when I went. I saw him from afar, but I was like, ah, he's new. I've not seen him before. And so I, I was waiting. I was praying for him and went on. Not, not that day, but from before when I'd seen him. And then I'd see him a few different times. Matter of fact, one day he went down the street where I live and he had a Old dirty sleeping bag wrapped around him was walking down the street, and I'd see him again. And I, I, I can't explain this. I've seen other people on the street before and homeless, and and there's, t- you know, I maybe I feel human sympathy or compassion, right? But I haven't felt the need to. I mean, every once in a while, I may hand somebody something, but I don't just like, you know, good Samaritan. It, right down the list. You, you understand. I really do. I I want the prompting of the Lord where I'm supposed to be involved and where I'm not. The Lord doesn't try to guilt us into acting for him. That's not how he works. And so anyway, I've been seeing this guy. And so this morning when I pull out of McDonald's, there he is laying down. I I, I guess he was counting cars. I don't know what he was doing, to be honest. But he was just sort of... uh, That's what it looked like to me. And because I'd seen him a few times... As I turned, I said, God, reach to his heart. Reach to his heart. You know his name. Well, I hadn't, I hadn't went like 200 feet. And I felt like the Lord spoke that scripture to me that Elder Flowers just shared. When was I hungry and you fed me? When was I thirsty? I thought, well, this is one of those times I need to whip around. So I whipped into the next entrance there at AMPM. That's about how far I'd gotten right there. Whipped into AMPM. I made a loop. I went back to the drive-through again. <laughs> Those people that drive-through were like, "What? You forgot your sandwich and drink the first time?" Or they were just—they were trying. I was laughing. They were trying to figure out what in the world is this guy doing through the drive-through again. He was just here three minutes ago. Anyway, so I just order. I don't know, I think a couple egg McMuffins and uh, a drink and hash brown, whatever. And uh, so I get it, and I thought, I'm going to drive back by. He's right there, and I'll just sort of roll the window down and hold it out and say, hey, here you go, buddy, you know. and uh, Right? You've done that before. So here I go. I'm driving. I come out of the drive-thru. I got, got his food, and I'm going to go do that. And I felt like the Lord said. You go park and hand it to him. I mean the Lord didn't like come out of a cloud and say Joel go park. (laughs) You know, That's what I'm talking about about how we over spiritualize it sometimes. I just sort of had the thought pass through my spirit. No you don't need to just drive by and hand it off. You need to walk up and hand it to him. One thing the Lord always did. Is he always. Dealt with people. With dignity, and so I thought, okay. Honestly, this was not this is not something that just comes. So I'm not telling it. I'm trying to be very transparent here, so you don't disqualify yourself. I'm just sort of working through this, right? I'm like, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? Just go hand him the food? I and so he 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 looks rough. He's rough. He's been living on this street. Uh, I don't know his story. I don't know why. I'm not judging him for that. But I see that. My heart goes out to him. I feel like the Lord is dealing with me about this man I've been seeing for a little while. And so I park, grab McDonald's and the drink, and here we go. I'm walking over. And so, you know, I don't want to startle him. I mean, I, I... I'm not trying to be funny. I don't know what mental state he's in, so I don't want to just walk up on him and shock him. And so, and there's cars going by. I am like, hey. He turns and looks at me. I said, hey, how's it going? He goes, oh, it's all right. So I'm like, okay, well. So I go up and I, none of this was premeditated. I just did what I thought I was supposed to do in the moment. I just stuck my hand out to him. You know, that's exactly what he did. He just reached back to me and shook my hand. I think he was sort of shocked that I was I was wearing, like, my khakis and my button-up work shirt, you know, and he's, like, looking at me like, okay, what's this dude doing? All right, you know, he's got rips in his clothes. They're brown, but now they're sort of black. They're just dirty. He's uh, And my heart's reaching out to him, and I feel like the Lord is reaching out to him. And so I said, Hey, you had breakfast yet? He said, No, I was I was thinking about it. I'm like, Well, here you go. So I I I bet it was a sight when you look back. Oh my goodness. So there he was sitting. So I thought, Well, he's talking, so I'm just gonna sit down. So I just pulled up a seat and sat down right by him there on the street. I thought we'll count cars together. <laughs> I said, I'm Joel, by the way. He says, "Oh, I'm Stephen." I said, "Stephen, I haven't. You're new around here. I haven't seen you, but I've. I said I've not known you before, but I've seen you the last five or six weeks. You're new, aren't you?" He said, "Yeah, just came up here. Started talking to Stephen. Where'd you come from? Ah, California. Okay. What's going on with you, Stephen? What's well?" And he started telling me some of his story no sad story he had no sob story he had no he had no i mean we carried on a very honest direct plain conversation just some of the things he expressed i could tell he was being very honest with me about this i mean you know he wasn't trying to paint some picture he was just no sob story nothing just very that was the end of it i left i haven't felt it. Lightning didn't fall, God didn't shine, you know, light didn't shine out of the clouds on us or anything like that. But when I left, I had this thought go through my spirit. God forbid that man would ever say people passed him by, passed him by, and passed him by, and no one ever even knew he was there. I don't know if I have interact. You know what's interesting? Since that day, that's been about nine, ten days ago, I've been watching for Stephen. I've not seen him anywhere since. If you see him, I'm watching for him. I'm watching for him. God's done something. I'm watching for him, but he's disappeared. I'm still watching for him. I know he's there sometimes. I just, I'm just, we just have bad timing. we just. Why am I telling you this today? Because we get this idea that the Lord living in us and working through us has got to be some grandiose. I feel this great spiritual thing. And so, no, being led by the spirit is letting the Lord prompt our direction and our day. I don't mind telling you, I've probably passed by 50 homeless people before, and I've never felt led to stop. So I'm not telling you, you just need to stop every time. The Lord knows where people's hearts are, and when they're ready, and when they'll receive, and when they won't. The Lord knows. I don't know all that. I don't have to know all that. My Father does. So I and you, we have to be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit of God. I feel like it's important for us to hear real stories so that we understand God is looking to work through real people and do real things, not something that's beyond... And I'm not talking about acting in our humanity. I'm talking about being led of the Spirit. But sometimes we separate into the spiritual and I'm not. And the No, if I'm filled with His Spirit, I can be led by His Spirit. And so why do I start my day and you should start your day in fellowship and in relationship with Him? Because I want to be sensitive to His Spirit throughout the day. I want the Spirit of God to manifest itself through my life throughout the day. I want the glory of God to be made manifest every day that I live. And he wants to. I'll give you the other end of the spectrum and we'll finish. Why don't you stand with me? We, um...